1: And we're back. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Tarot Pod, the only show where we, two non-mystical hosts, use the power of tarot to answer your questions. And that voice you just heard was
0: Benjamin R. Noble.
1: And that voice you just heard was Brian Y. Dooley.
0: And we are going to be your hosts that hold your hand on this journey through the mystical, magical world of tarot. Just like we do every week. We've got to be getting pretty good at this by now. You would think. But we don't even really know how the show works.
1: Nope. We have to reference a document every time. Uh, it's a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, this is how the sausage is made. We have a little document that tells us how to do the show, despite the fact that this is our 33rd episode.
0: Isn't it gross that uh, how the sausage is made is the same meaning as a peek behind the kimono? Yeah, it's kind of gross. That's really gross. Yeah. I apologize to anybody who has to make sausage behind a kimono.
1: Gross. Yeah. I was <laughs> thinking about sausages and behind kimonos. And oh, that's... I thought that's where you were going. No, I wasn't. I wasn't going right I thought out. you were trying to make that uh, no. inappropriate pun.
0: No, I was making just a, a gro- like the grossness of making sausage uh, and, and someone then, like, having to do that.
1: Under their clothes? Yeah. Uh, oh, I was going for, like, a sausage-sausage thing. Nope. Okay. Not on this show. Well, let's move on, then. Not on my watch. How about we move on? Okay. Uh,
0: well, what we do is we take a really simple tarot spread, because there's a lot of different
1: tarot spreads. Yeah. We actually don't even need to read off a sheet for this one. We have this one down.
0: Yeah, some of them are really complex, and we don't do any of the complex ones. We do a basic three-card
1: spread. Mostly, because then we'd have to have two sheets up on the computer, and we'd, that would be a lot to follow
0: Yeah, maybe someday, but I'm not going to lie to you. Probably not. Probably never. Uh, And those cards, in the order in which we draw them, indicate the recent past, the current actions, and future outcomes. Ben has his 100% guarantee, TMT. Money back
1: back guarantee if the future does not come true for you. Yeah. The great thing about Terra, though, is everything's mostly vague enough that uh, if you squint hard enough, it, it will come true.
0: That was another peek behind the kimono. Yeah. is we aren't psychic at all.
1: Well, no, we're not psychic, which is why we rely on the tarot. If we were psychic, we would just sit here in a dark room and like commune with the spirits and tell people what to do.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Instead, we've used these cards that we've ordered from Amazon. Yeah, and I order a lot of cards from
0: Amazon. So we have lots of different, lots of variety in what we use. Yep, mix it up. And so we'll answer that. Kimono. We'll we'll answer the that sausage. And then after we're done with that, because that's only for one person, we'll do a card of the week and we'll tell you more about that when the time comes.
1: All right. But for now, let's go to the Queerance Corner. Okay, here we are. Looks so different.
0: This is Queerance Corner.
1: Huh. Wow. we got to clean up some of these cobwebs. It's getting dusty. Yeah, I'm going to have to get on my cats to do some housework. All right, so this week's question comes from Julie. And Julie says, my internship just ended. Now what?
0: Well, Julie, thanks for the really specific question. Really
1: appreciate that. Uh, It's really open-ended. Yeah, that's because our internship just ended, and she can do anything she wants. She's a young person. The world in front of her
0: well let's go ahead and uh let's pull out the dolly deck and see what we got and the dolly deck is the salvador dolly deck and it's got, you probably
1: were confused with all the other dollies that you normally hear about well because it could
0: they could think that i'm just like weirdly saying the word dolly
1: oh yeah like that other creepy deck you have that <laughs> yeah, is a dolly because deck. you said that that deck has dolls on it it does
0: Uh, Spooky. But this is spooky in a different way. Uh, Salvador Dali designed all 78 cards on this deck. You know they just exhumed
1: his body to figure out something about something?
0: Yeah, to see if somebody was his kid. That's
1: right, yeah, DNA
0: paternity test. And uh, I heard that his mustache was intact. Really? Yeah.
1: Makes you think. I guess. (laughs) I don't know what it makes you think about, but... It makes me imagine a skull with Salvador Dali's mustache. It makes me wonder if it was ever real. You know, was it just like a costume store mustache? Oh
0: no, it was real for sure. Look at the stuff that guy painted.
1: Okay, so you know it's real. Uh, ben, is there anything gonna... you want to say about this deck? Well, I was going to ask what they were going to do with his body now that they've exhumed it. Are they going to put him back down?
0: They're going to resume it.
1: Hmm. That was good.
0: I, well, I think is that if you exhume something and then you rehume it,
1: yeah, but it's a... Yeah. Yeah. Hume it. Is That is that another... It, that's the first time. That's the first time. You just yeah. Hume it. Uh, I gotta go to Dolly's Hume. Isn't there a philosopher? Hume. Hume's hume. a philosopher. I think so. Yeah. But I don't know what he philosophizes. I don't know. I would assume about death and burial. Maybe he was the one that invented burial. David Hume, I think is his name.
0: Oh. David Hume. He was in Knight Rider.
1: All right. Well... Let's talk about the deck for a minute. Uh, it's a deck, and it's got some op- surrealist pictures on them, as you might expect from Salvador Dali. Although less weird than his paintings, I would actually say. I would say that
0: if you take the whole deck, it is on par with his paintings. Yeah, but he does, he does
1: stick to a lot of the traditional tarot themes.
0: Yeah, you get the imagery that you need, I think. Uh, it's just done in a really unique style. Yep. I apologize. There's no such thing as really unique. That's true. It's done in a unique style. There's no such thing as really unique. Or the most unique. Extra unique. I said that unique. wrong. Unique. <laughs> unique. That's when you uh exhu- exhume someone in a really crazy way. <laughs>
1: I wonder if Salvador Dali, if he'd known he was going to be exhumed, if he was, if he would have left like crazy instructions on how you were supposed to do it. I wonder
0: if his coffin melted.
1: <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> um. So was it his son? Do we know, or is that like still at the twenty-three me DNA lab?
0: Uh, I don't know. I didn't follow that story. I, I just didn't read the headline. Yeah.
1: That, well, that was read, that's about where I stopped on that too.
0: Yeah, we are psychic mediums. We can't. We don't have time to go through every news story that piques our interest. All
1: right, well, things we like learning. Learning next steps for this episode was it his son, and also what did David Hume philosophize about?
0: Besides the Knight Foundation,
1: yeah. And someone is in like in their car right now, stuck in traffic. Um, screaming, And they're at their screaming. Pop. Yeah, you idiots! You
0: idiots! David Hume wasn't even a philosopher. He was a basketball player. <laughs>
1: He was a Knight Rider though. It's cool that he had time to philosophize and be a Knight Rider.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think he played Devin.
1: I don't know much about Knight Rider other than there was a talking car kit, right? Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, yeah I'm on it. And uh, David Hasselhoff.
0: David Hasselhoff was Michael Knight. And then uh, a, a guy that looks like Michael Caine, kind of, was Devin. And that's who I imagine is David Hume.
1: Okay. Well, uh, when I used to work at this one job, the job I had before this, my boss gave me his Knight Rider box set DVD and wanted me to watch it. And then I worked at that job for uh, almost two years. And then on the last day, I gave him back his Knight Rider box and I had never opened it.
0: Oh, man. I bet he felt betrayed.
1: Mm, I think at that point he kind of expected that from me. Someone else also gave me Rushmore to watch and then that sat in my in my little satchel for a while and then I gave that back to them too. Oh, have
0: you watched Rushmore in the meantime?
1: No, but a lot of people say that I look sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, like, hold on, I'm gonna get his name. Jason something. Yeah. Uh Jason he's got that mole. That's true. And he's the bad guy in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm-hmm. And also is in a lot of Wes Anderson movies.
0: Yeah. Starting with Rushmore.
1: Yeah. Jason, not Bateman, not Bateman, but you're going to have to tell me, cause I'm sure that people listening to this are screaming at their radios right now.
0: Well, I do know the answer and I'm going to see if you come up with it over the course of the show. All
1: right. Well, keep yelling at your radios and we'll move on. Julie's probably like, Jesus, what are they going to get to my question? <laughs>
0: Well, Julie, right now is the answer to that question. Jason Schwartzman is the answer to that question. I thought
1: you were going to let me think about it. I was, but this was much more fun. All right. Julie's internship just ended. What's she going to do now? (laughs) Go ahead and flip us over. (sighs) Flip.
0: All right. We've got the Queen of Coins. And my
1: favorite part about the Queen of Coins that I've been waiting to talk about is uh, the devil is slurping up a strand of her hair like spaghetti. (laughs) Which kind of tells you everything you need to know.
0: Or he's just, like, whispering in her ear something poisonous. I guess. But I like slurping it up like spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. He's just, just going
1: to slurp up all her hair.
0: That indicates that there's some level of friendship there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't just randomly slurp up someone's hair like spaghetti. Uh, the Queen of Coins, she looks like um, uh, a lady who'd be in that Sunday afternoon on the the... The river. On the water. Yeah, yeah, whatever that one is. Man, culture. That's it's very a, cultured.
0: That's a Monet painting, though. Is right? it?
1: I don't know. I don't know that it is.
0: Maybe it's not. It's pointillism. Oh, then it's Monet.
1: Is it? Was, yeah. Wasn't he an impressionist?
0: He was a pointillist. Was he? Yeah.
1: All right. So it's Monet. Sunday afternoon on the, something, something. Water. She looks like a lady who would be in that painting, and she's got a big coin.
0: Yeah, she's got a big old coin.
1: And the Queen of Coins is all about creating a comfortable and secure environment for herself and those she cares for and for the devil to slurp up her hair like to <laughs> And like all court cards, she might represent you or somebody else. And if she's you, then um, she speaks to spending a lot of time supporting for and caring for others around you. And if she's somebody else, then it's somebody who's taking on a motherly type role, offering love and support particularly where um, like being physically comfortable or uh, in terms of material well-being are concerned. And the Queen of Coins, as a, as a person,
0: as a card, values her independence. She makes priorities of stability and balance for herself and for the people that she's taking care of. And she might lean towards indicating a work-life balance or being able to straddle all the different aspects of your life with a, a deliberate kind of care. So you want to move on to the
1: present card? Let's do that.
0: All right. Flip them over.
1: Flip. And we have another queen There's card. Another queen. The Queen of Wands. Um, this one looks like uh, Marie Antoinette, um, and she's got a tree and a cat or something. Is it a cat? No, it's a little dog. It's a cute the Queen little. of Wands normally has a cat, but in this card she has a little dog, cute dog. A little puppy. Yeah. It's a painting of Marie Antoinette, a tree, and a cute little dog.
0: And then uh, a wand, the way that Dali indicates wands, which are bright green wood with bright yellow leaves.
1: And so the Queen of Wands speaks to creativity and inspiration. And she is somebody who's driven to succeed. She's independent and capable and fired up. And so it could be you or it could be somebody
0: else. If it's you, this is the time to pursue what inspires you. Uh, Chase your dreams. You're probably in a good position to lead others to success as well. So boldly engage with people that are aligned with your vision and watch out to not be too pushy. Uh, You are shining right now if you're the Queen of Wands, so let that carry you through.
1: If the Queen of Wands is someone else in your life, then look out for uh, a leader who has a clear goal and and it's a person who's going to help you stay connected and on track at all times. Um, she may seem overbearing or heat, but, uh, trust their intentions and their vision because their leadership is going to help you level up. So I'm liking where this is going. I'm thinking about how this is all going to come together, but let's jump, I guess, to our third future card right now.
0: Let's go ahead and flip that. Flip. It's another wand. It's
1: the seven of wands this time.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about this.
1: Yeah. Um... There's seven wands. Actually, let's stop. Before the seven wands, the background of the painting kind of looks like the final scene of Monty Python and the Holy Grail where all of those guys are, like, getting ready to storm the castle and then the cops show up.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, a bunch of little Hieronymus Bosch guys.
1: Oh, yeah. Good reference. Uh, Why doesn't he have a tarot deck? I bet he does. That would be fun. Uh, A lot of arms coming out the sides, some wands, a, a weird nightlight.
0: Yeah, In this the hat, yeah. one of the arms, the elbow has like a bloody tendon coming up. And it's the vein that turns into the wick of the nightlight of the candle.
1: And then there's also um, a weird blue guy.
0: Yeah, he looks like uh, Picasso's um, man of a mantra. What's his name? Don Johnny Quixote. Cajote. Yeah, he lo- that guy looks like Picasso's Don Quixote, except he's just made out of blue.
1: So the Seven of Wands is a card about defending your position, about persevering in the face of adversity, and um, it's, it speaks to the idea that you've always got to be fighting to uh, establish yourself and like, prove yourself.
0: You can't rest on your laurels with the Seven of Wands. You need to realize what you have, what you've accomplished, and recognize that you need to fight to keep it. Uh, this might be material success or even a strongly held ideal. Whatever it is, the seven of wands points to the idea that you need to hold on to it tighter than
1: ever. All right, so here's let's bring it let's bring it home. And here's kind of what I'm seeing. All right, so right now or in the recent past, comfort. The queen of coins. Julie's got this internship, so she feels pretty good right now. She feels like she's in a safe spot. She's getting a little little money, getting a little experience, feeling good. But then her internship ends. Uh oh. Now what? Well. There's the Queen of Wands, who's speaking to creativity and inspiration. And, and Julie is young; she's optimistic, she's bright, she's got the whole world ahead of her. So now is the time to think about what it is that she wants to do. Is it to continue what she was doing in this internship? Is is that really not her jam? And she wants to do something else. Now is the time to like reach out and explore. Um, you know, find find a job that really it, she can be passionate about. And then the Seven of Wands. Once she gets there, uh, remember that. You know, you're new to this and you have to prove yourself and you have to fight to continue to improve and maintain your position in, in that new role. Nice. I like it. Good thanks. work. Thanks.
0: And good work, Julie. Yeah, Julie, thanks for sending in your question. That that's Queer's Corner this week.
1: And now that we're on the other side of Queer's Corner, that can only mean one thing.
0: Card of the week.
1: And card of the week, we've got a new deck. Uh, We have the Wonderland deck, which, as you can imagine, is an Alice in Wonderland inspired deck. And the first thing that you'll notice about this deck, uh, and it's the first thing that you'll notice because it's the first thing I'm going to tell you about, (laughs) is uh, the fact that there are different suits uh, there, there would normally be coins, wands, cups, and swords, but instead uh, we have peppermills, oysters, flamingos, and hats. So that's something.
0: Yeah, the hats are the cups, the oysters are the coins, the flamingos are the swords, and the peppermills are the wands. Which I think is
1: the weirdest one. Peppermill and wand seems, I don't know, less one-to-one. Because oysters I... have pearls, coins, check, uh, flamingos have sharp beaks. so oh, okay. See, that, that one was the stretch. Oh, thing. see, I think flamingos are kind of like pointy and aggressive. So I can okay. see it. Uh, hats are cups, obviously, because you can put things inside them, like rabbits or juice. And then peppermills is where it all kind of falls apart for me.
0: See, peppermills to me, because I used to work in fine dining. So peppermills are like big, sturdy, heavy, like candlesticks almost. Yeah, And so they could be a staff. They, you can get some really tall peppermills.
1: I guess, I, yeah, but it's like the the wand as a suit is about like inspiration and passion, and like peppermill yeah, doesn't putting, inspire passion. Putting the pepper on your salad it zips it up. Yeah, yeah, gives it some zing.
0: Takes it from just a blah. This is chicken Caesar. To oh my goodness, is that
1: fresh cracked pepper on there? All right, well I buy it. Uh, and these cards, they have a lot of Alice in Wonderland stuff on them that you might be familiar with if you're familiar with the book. I like it because I mean. I guess I could never use this deck because it would take me like 10 years to try to figure out what the cards actually were because the pictures don't look much like the Some of them do. Some of them don't. Uh, but, you know, you've got the Mad Hatter. He's on here. Um, the The Devil is the Jabberwocky, which I like a lot. That's a cool one. Um, you've got some playing cards and, and card-like figures that you'll remember from the Disney movie. Um, a, lot good, a lot of good stuff. Ha! The tower is that giant hand that destroys the White Rabbit's house. That's good. Uh, but today, for, for our card of the week, we have the Six of Coins. Wow, you did that without even flipping it over. I know. Uh, kind of kind of getting good at this. <laughs> and the Six of Coins, uh, in, in a normal deck, shows... or Well, not a normal deck, but in the Rider Waite traditional deck, shows uh, two beggars taking, taking money from a, a dude... Mm. But here in the Six of Oysters card, Alice has this giant cake and six oysters are huddled around her as if instead of giving them money, she might give them some cake.
0: And I'm just going to go ahead and take this moment to read from the little white book that came with the Wonderland Tarot. And it says, uh, Six of Oysters, divinatory meaning. Generosity to those less fortunate. Kindness and gifts from the heart. Well-being that comes from kindness and giving.
1: Cool. So that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, be charitable towards others today. Especially if week. you got a cake. Yeah, share that cake. Don't eat it all. Share that cake. Uh, can oysters eat cake? Is that good for them? Because like you're not supposed to give like dogs chocolate. Like can oysters eat chocolate cake? I don't, what do
0: oysters eat? Do they just eat sand?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's another great. That's another great thing that we need to look up after this. I think David Hume. Do- another thing. Uh, the We should ask David. We should ask uh, Jason
0: Schwartzman. Yeah. uh, What oysters eat? So, Jason, if you're listening, let us know. I know you are. uh, Please let us know
1: what do oysters eat. He's got a good voice. He'd be good on the show.
0: Yeah, we'll try and get him on for next time.
1: Yeah, we'll work on that. Our people will talk to his people,
0: and it'll probably end right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Anyway, that was the card of the week, the six of coins, the six of oysters, and I think this week you need to find ways to be kind to other people. Be as charitable as possible this week. Yeah. You know what I like to do is keep uh, granola bars in my car so that when I see somebody on the side of the road, I can give them food.
1: Oh, that's really nice of you. That's very charitable. Yeah,
0: it's something you can do if you don't carry cash all the time because I don't always have cash. Hmm.
1: Do they normally take their granola bar?
0: They do. Yeah. They do. they do.
1: Okay. That's good. Sometimes people will be like, no, I just want the money.
0: Yeah. I have had that before and I decided that that's fine also. Okay. Right? Like yeah. people are, people, people got to do what they do.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I like that.
0: So just a, life, just a little hack.
1: life hack right there.
0: Yep. Keep some granola bars in the car.
1: And here we are at the end of the show. I uh, want to thank Julie for sending in a question this week. Yep, I want to thank everybody else for being here with us. I want to thank for yelling at their radio while we tried to figure out Jason Schwartzman's name and what David Hume philosophizes about and who he played in Night Rider. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you Ben for being here. Thank you. I want to thank you Brian for being
0: here. And in your own home. Yeah, I do, I do what I can to show up every
1: day. Uh, where can people Get in touch with us if they want to send us a question. All right. right. Well, my cell phone number is. No, I'm just kidding. You were supposed to stop me.
0: Uh, I was just going to see how far you went. Well, I didn't I was, no yeah, very far.
1: Thanks, Brian. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, I'm sure there's a way you could find my cell phone number if you really wanted to. You could probably find out a lot about me. But uh, Benjamin R. Noble. Yeah. Way to throw him off the trail. <laughs> uh. The easy way to find us would be to go to AmateurTarot.com or amateur tarot reading at gmail.com. Two easy ways to send us a question that we would answer for you live.
0: And then uh, if you wanted to get in touch with us on Twitter, that's how I like to play around. Uh, we can be found at Tarot Amateur or you can find Ben at Making All This Up. And Brian at Zen Iron Man. And finally, and most importantly, please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes. It doesn't cost anything, and it helps us out a lot.
1: Yeah, it makes us feel good. Bumps us up on those iTunes rankings. Maybe Jason Schwartzman will finally give us a listen.
0: Oh, come on, Jason. Mr. Schwartzman, please. We need to know what oysters eat. Uh, thank you all for listening, and good we night. are going to go do some research.
1: Bye. Bye. Hey, uh, you thought we were done, but we wanted to pop in here to uh, issue a couple of corrections. Uh, Sunday afternoon. On, on the island of La Grande Jatte by Seurat. Is by uh, Jacques
0: Seurat, not Monet, as nope. I
1: insisted. Uh, and then uh, David Hume was a British philosopher, uh, not recent at all, um, but he held that uh, ideas come from experience, that we're not born with any innate, innate knowledge or innate ideas, um, but that everything is derived from experience.
0: So he was very much, uh, it's the idea of uh, nurture over nature. And Devin from Night Rider was played by Edward Mulhare.
1: All right, and that has been Corrections. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Okay. Here we are. This week's question give <laughs>